global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet, a mixed picture for U.S. equities. The S&P and uh, the Dow are lower. NASDAQ is higher. This update is brought to you by National Realty, managers of New York City. Cash flow real estate providing you 12% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at nria.net. Now, let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. And there he is, Ed Lalan. Good afternoon, Charlie. Main U.S. averages are mixed today with the Dow down 30 points, S&P falls 6, and NASDAQ little changed. As small cap 600 falls 3, and the U.S. 10-year yield is at 1.57%. Six of ten S&P sectors are lower, led by losses in energy and financials. Telecom and tech lead to the upside. Dow transports rise two. NASDAQ biotechs decline 11. Utilities lose two, and the VIX gains 4%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow include Walmart and Nike, while Dow leaders to the downside include American Express and Chevron. Automakers report U.S. August sales fall short of expectations. Diamond Offshore falls 10% after receiving a termination notice from Petrobras. Campbell Soup declines 6% after missing EPS estimates and guiding below consensus. And Sienna gains 7% after beating fourth quarter estimates. After the bell tonight, watch for earnings from Lululemon, Broadcom, and Cooper Companies. And watch for The Gap to report August comp sales. Live from the First Word Breaking News Desk, Ahmed Lalan. Charlie? All right. Thank you very much, Ed. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg-type squawk, S-Q-U-A-W-K, on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pallet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Kathleen Hayes, live at the USTA, Billie Jean King National Tennis Center. It is the U.S. Open. It's an annual journey for taking stock on Bloomberg Radio to come out and look at tennis, the business of tennis, the money behind tennis, and to talk to so many of the interesting people to, who attend. Now, a very interesting person who is not attending that I know of, well, there's two of them. Number one is Donald Trump. Of course, he's been very busy out west giving immigration speeches, traveling to Mexico yesterday. Yesterday, I talked to the president of Mexico. I'm really referring, though, to Mike Nitsa, executive editor for <laughs> Bloomberg Politics. Because, Mike, I really want to hear what you have to say about the reaction to the follow-up on, well, on two things. Donald Trump's trip to Mexico, also his immigration speech. Let's start with, uh, let's start with the trip. Sure. So uh, we uh, we have really been still trying to uh, compute everything that went on yesterday. It uh, as as you recall, it started the night before, um, where news broke that this uh, trip to Mexico was on, and that Trump would be meeting with the president uh, of Mexico. Uh, on a number of issues. And then it actually happened hours later, uh, the next afternoon. And the uh, event that followed, kind of a joint, uh, joint, they both issued joint statements before the press. And then Trump took questions. And it seemed like a very state affair. Uh, there weren't any arguments. There weren't any real disputes. It was, uh, it was all quite diplomatic. Um, and just as we thought that this might be a new kind of moderate leaf that uh, Donald Trump was uh, turning over, it was uh, he f- headed to, to Phoenix and delivered probably his fiercest uh, anti-immigrant speech yet. 
fiercest yet. That's pretty fierce. Give us some of the highlights. Uh, I'm looking at uh, one of the stories from Bloomberg Politics team. Uh, no amnesty. Amnesty. Uh, mm-hmm. He also uh, talked about ideological certification mm-hmm. to ensure those admitting uh, into our country share our values and love our people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so he, him, and his advisors spent the previous two weeks uh, discussing a number of options for softening uh, the immigration proposal that was uh, that was announced a long time ago last year. And uh, so, one of the things that seemed to be uh, being taken off the table ever so gently was uh, the deportation of every single undocumented immigrant uh, in the country, and that and that number is in the, the many millions, probably 11 million is one popular uh, accounting. And uh, and after two weeks of seeming to take that off the table, he slapped it back on with with a gusto and and started with saying that he would ship back uh, anyone that has a criminal record, and then he. Uh, moved on to pretty much every group. The Washington Post had one uh, accounting saying that six million would be sent back according to the new policies that he had enunciated, but really he left the door open for shipping back every single one of them. And that was a shock uh, to a lot of people who had been watching him very closely and even to his uh, his Hispanic council. It's a, a group of Hispanic leaders who, uh, who've who been advising Trump on these issues and uh, and we've been seeing some warning signs from them that, that uh, there could be risk Resignations coming. Okay, so first of all, who are some of these people? What are the warning signs you're seeing that they may be resigning? So, so yeah, n- none of them are national figures, but they are uh, they are definitely uh, big in their in their community to the extent that the uh, the Republican Hispanic community um, is is big. It's uh, obviously much smaller than the uh, than the liberal Democratic side, uh, but they uh, they they've been talking to him for a few months now. They were named in a in a press release and that were were referred to them for. Uh, a lot of context about where Trump's uh, going with his immigration proposals, and one of them uh, has has said that he's uh, thinking of resigning, and others are saying it anonymously right now, and and uh, and it seems to be a warning shot to uh, to Trump that he should soften things. Uh, quickly, and, and if not, he could be publicly embarrassed. So just give us some of the figures, some of the math, uh, Mike, even broadly, on the percentage of the uh, registered voters, which Hispanic voters make up, and therefore the extent, the, the portion that Donald Trump is losing. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely the uh, crucial voting block. Uh, after the 2012 election, which uh, Romney lost, the uh, Republican National Committee uh, issued a kind of postmortem report saying that uh, if we don't do better with this group, we're never going to win another presidential election. And that's uh, why you saw some rising stars in the Republican Party uh, uh, be people who who were much friendlier and maybe uh, spoke Spanish and were from uh, more diverse parts of the country. Even someone like Jeb Bush, who obviously is from a famous uh, political family, but also uh, is married to a Hispanic American. So um, Marco Rubio is another one who uh, who is Hispanic and from a state with a lot of Hispanics and a crucial state uh, in a presidential election. Okay. Uh, but all of them uh, were brushed aside for this anti-immigrant. Uh, Mike Nita, thank you so very much for joining us, executive editor for Bloomberg Politics. I'm Kathleen Hayes. We are broadcasting live today at the U.S. Open and Flushing Meadow, Queens. This is Bloomberg. 
Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by M.Y. Safra Bank, a leading name in banking with 150 years of family knowledge and exclusive banking services. Stop in at 499 Park Avenue or visit mysafra.com, member FDIC.